Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you will be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. Today I have a message for all of us here and uh, the title is simple. It's just called How to Strengthen Yourself in the Lord. How to Strengthen Yourself in the Lord. Amen. That's the title for today. Feel free to take that down. If you're taking down notes, I encourage you to do so. You know, the times that we're living in is very scary times. And uh, I know there's so much bad news floating around. And not just that, you know, we are isolated. We are far from our loved ones, far from our family even, far from our friends especially. And of course, a part of me, we just can't wait for all this to be over so that we can just be able to worship together face to face in the presence of God. But until then, church, I want to be able to give us some some, some truths from the Word of God that will help us to soldier through hard times such as this. You know, one of the things that, you know, I take very seriously and a big burden, a big responsibility is the whole role of being a pastor, especially all the lives that God has entrusted, you know, into our lives, into our church. And our hope in Acts has never been just to build a large church empire and just to grow in numbers. My heart and my passion and the passion of our entire Acts church movement is that everyone become a disciple. You know, because, you know, if you look at the book of Acts, even when persecution came, the gospel spread because every disciple was mobilized. Every believer wasn't just a seat warmer. They were a soul winner. And and so I want to pray that in times like this, we will not despair, we will not be discouraged, but we will find strength in the Lord, especially in times like this, where we might not be able to encourage each other face to face. And my desire is that, you know, even when one day, when, when you are no longer worshipping together with us here in the UK, maybe you graduated, maybe your job takes you somewhere, maybe life just takes you somewhere, that you will continue to grow. May your faith never be tethered to just one particular teaching or one particular church, but may your faith forever be tethered to God. God, connected to Him. Amen. And that is my biggest desire and passion, to see every church member know how to soldier on, know how to pick themselves up, know how to strengthen themselves in the Lord. And that is what we want to learn today. And this scripture, uh, the word scripture for today is none other than, you know, 1 Samuel chapter thirty. 1 Samuel chapter 30, we're going to read from verse 1 all the way to verse 8. Amen. Verse 1 to verse 8. 1 Samuel chapter 30. If you're there, can I hear a good amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Would you allow me to read? I'm going to read for us. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Now it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag attacked Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken captive with the women and those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city. There it was burned with fire and their wives, their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives, Ahinoam and Abigail, had also been taken captive. 
Now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. But David, repeat after me, but David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. This is what we want to learn today. Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, please bring the effort here to me. And Abiathar brought it to, the, to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Amen. God bless the reading of his word. You know, here you have a, a short passage talking about the life of David. This was David before he was made king. He was on the run from Saul and he was a fugitive. And he was, he ran to the land of Philistines. And uh, he pretended to be working for the Philistine uh, empire. Uh, he pretended to be a traitor to the nation of Israel. But secretly, he was fighting skirmishes in the border. Secretly, he was defeating the enemy from within. And so when he was out doing one of those raids, uh, he was out, you know, uh, doing one of those right things. Uh, his base camp at Ziklag was attacked attacked by the Amalekites. And they came, they looted everything, and they burned everything, and they kidnapped everyone, everyone. So, so everyone was taken to maybe be sold to slavery, to make wives for other people. I don't know, but basically it was everything they had was taken, it was burned, and all the people were captured. And so can you imagine David coming back from from, from war, coming back from trying to do the right thing. Uh, but when he came back, he saw, man, why is my house looted? You know, and sometimes maybe in life, we've been through situations like this. Yeah, have you been there before? Where you're doing the right thing. You're honoring God. Maybe some of us here on the way to church, your, 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 your car broke down. Maybe you're just going about, you know, doing the right thing. We have a church member, you know, a very precious church member in, in Acts, Bristol, who recently just did the right thing. She's a, she's a pharmacist and she's just going out to work, serving the people in times like this. And, and while doing so, her car got broken into. Man, can you imagine that? You know, you're not out there. You're not skipping church. You know, if we're skipping church and bad things happen to us, we will go like, okay, God, got it. <laughs> not going to skip anymore. But this is people doing the right thing, going out, serving the public, going out to work. And maybe you've been there before. You're doing the right thing. You're, and suddenly you're, 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 you're tithing. And then suddenly you're hit with an unexpected bill. Suddenly you're hit with an unexpected medical bill. You know, maybe you're doing the right thing. And then suddenly your car broke down. Maybe for some of us, you know, one day, I, I, I don't say this as a, a bad prophecy, but maybe one day, you know, we will have children and we're there serving the Lord. And somehow our children are far away. And we might be thinking, God, why? Why is all? this happening. It wasn't just you. So did David. You know, David came back from doing the right thing and saw everything wrong. And he was so sad. It says there that he cried out until he had no more power to weep. It wasn't just the man, but David and the people who were with him. They lift up their voices in verse 4, it says, and wept, 
cried until they had no more power. Have you been there before? Oh, when your heart gets broken in two, just like that, you cry, you cry, cry yourself to sleep. And worse, you cry and you still can't go to sleep. You know, and then this is, this is, you know, what David went through. And not just that, after a while, the people were so angry. You know, sometimes we get disappointed with life and we can't help but feel the need to channel our frustration somewhere. You know, isn't it true? You know, sometimes, you know, unfortunately, being a pastor and being in church long enough, we've seen people channel their frustration to church channel their anger to the church leadership, you know, because something didn't go their way. Maybe because they're going through a tough time and they say that, you know what, you know, I'm going through all this tough time and, and all my pastor is saying just to pray, man, I hate him. Ah, you know, and sometimes all of anger can come out. Friends, I want you to know that this is just a fleshly lay, a fleshly way of reacting. And, and today I want to teach us how not to react according to the flesh, but respond to God by strengthening yourself in him. Amen. Here you have David there. And then, but it, it says that he had no more power. People were talking about stoning him. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if one day at work, you know, your group uh, uh, project, your, your, your group pitch goes wrong, and then everybody is talking about firing you, man. That's a scary position to be in, except that David wasn't going to be fired. He was going to be killed. But what did he say? He said that in verse 8. But David... Sorry, verse 6. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And this is what I want us to learn today, especially in the times that we're living in right now. Yeah, you know, you can look around and you're thinking that, God, what is happening? You know, there's so much fear, so much panic. You know, all of us are locked down. God, what is happening? And some of us, you know, we can take it because maybe you're an introvert. But even recently, a friend of mine, you know, back in Malaysia, who's an introvert, is saying that even the introvert in him can't take it anymore. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, man, I can't handle it. Maybe you still have loved ones, you know, going out to work. Maybe you have loved ones. I know I have some friends. I know whose wives are in the NHS, whose wives are serving as doctors, and they are going out there, you know, serving, going out there, risking their lives, and they can't help but be at home and be with the children and feel so helpless and emotionally feel so drained uh, when their friend goes out. You know, don't, 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 don't talk about people who... Uh, Family and friends are in the NHS. Even sometimes when I go out for a grocery run, pass a cat, you know, it gets worried for me. And that's just the grocery run. What more do people that are out there still working in, 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 the, in the national health service or in any form of emergency service or even some people who the nature of their job just doesn't allow them to work from home and they have no choice but to continue to work. I can only imagine the, the, the pain. I can only imagine the tension. Yeah, you know, right you now, there's a lot of statistics that say that either this quarantine, this lockdown uh, will, will either produce lots of babies because couples are spending more time together or it's going to lead to more divorces because sometimes tension, tension can happen. Either, you know, together uh, people fight or sometimes, you know, the tension of you're always going out, what's going to happen? I can't handle it, all these kind of things. And so there's a lot of things you want to pray for, but not just pray for, before we can pray for other people, before we can help other people. It's kind of like how you know, in an emergency situation, you know, the, the, the airplane always says this, right? If there's an emergency situation, you're going to help yourself first before you can help somebody else. You're going to put on the oxygen mask first before you can put on the oxygen mask for other people. And so this is a form of spiritual oxygen mask that I want us to put on and breathe in strength 
from the Lord. So the question, we know at the end of the day, let me cut straight forward to the ending. The ending is this, David went ahead, he followed the Lord's command, he inquired, Lord God, should I go and chase after them? Because, you know, he, he made it, every minute counted, and the Lord says, go. And so he went, he rushed, and uh, of course, long story short, he got everything back, and then some more. So not only did everybody uh, uh, get their families back, yay, happy ending, but they got all the loot, they got extra treasure as well. So praise God. God always leads us to a better ending. So, you know, don't, don't neglect, don't forsake God. Hang in there. He will bring us through this. He is in this with us. But how do you strengthen yourself in the Lord? How, how do you strengthen yourself in the Lord? You know, like, like I still remember, I've probably, you know, uh, I preached from this before in the past, or not, not in church, but, you know, in other speaking engagements, or maybe just preaching to myself. And uh, I'm familiar with this scripture, but sometimes with scripture, we can become too familiar to the point where it has this weird Mandela effect. You know what I'm saying? You know, where you think something happened, but it actually didn't happen. And so for the longest while, I, I, I can't help but think that, oh, David struggled himself in the Lord. And I somehow felt like scripture said that he went to his tent, he spent time with God. He worshipped God, you know, while people outside the tent was grumbling. I'm not sure whether it was just my own imagination. I always imagined this how the scripture played out, that it, it imprinted. And so every time I, I thought of David strengthening himself in Ziklag, I, I thought of David running away and just, you know, being alone in the tent. But actually reading again earlier on, you'll see that that's not the case. It just went from verse 6 to verse 7. He just went from strengthening himself to the Lord. People were talking about stoning him. And he strengthened himself to the Lord and he inquired of the Lord. And so it was just right after each other. And, and so, you know, what, what, what did that mean? People were stoning him. He didn't run away. Uh, he just suddenly found strength in the Lord. And, and this is important because, you know, as I was meditating on this and, and, and thinking of like, how do I help our church members to go through this time? And even in isolation, even if they are all alone with bad news all around, like many of us are, yeah? You know, bad news, fear all around, virus all around, pandemic and panic all around. You know, how do we still strengthen ourselves? Those of us who have a loved one that has to go out to work, a friend that has to go out to work, you know, how do we still strengthen ourselves and not give in to panic and fear? And, and I thought that maybe I can teach the church to, to worship and all that. But then when I read this scripture, it says that, no, David just strengthened and then he inquired of the Lord. And as I was meditating on this, I just felt God says that what David accomplished in that one verse, in verse 6, wasn't the first time he did it. And then God began to help me to realize that, that behind that one statement, you know, many times we see the success of people, we see their spotlight moment, we see them with the statue, we see them with the Oscar, we never see the hours and the years of rejection and the years of small roles some of, of these actors had to take. We only see people in their billionaire, millionaire mode, but we never saw how they saved, we never saw the amount of holidays that they didn't take and then all the hard work and extra jobs they had to do. And so God began to say that, you know, in that one verse, actually it is hidden 
It's hidden behind that one verse. It was years, years of practice by David. And, and, and I want to bring us through that because if you read you know, the totality of David's life, you will realize that he, he's been consistent. If there's one word about David is that you know that he's been consistently in love with God. Don't get me wrong, he's had his failings, he's had his inconsistencies, uh, but he was also known for his consistent love for God. You know, he started writing Psalms not after he became a king, but even before he became a king. He was writing Psalms not just when he was safe, but when he was on the run. He was fighting battles before Goliath. And so whenever you see David do something spectacular like strengthening himself and Lord, there must be hidden moments behind it. There must be uh, some secret time spent with God. And you can see this uh, also in the life of Jesus. Jesus, aka the son of David, you know, he too, even though he was God who came in the form of man, he constantly went away to pray. In fact, in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, you know, it says that Jesus often, often withdrew to the lonely places and prayed. Yeah? And so, you know, I believe that strength comes from spending time with God. And I want to encourage us to use this time, not just to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, but to use this time to do all the homework we need so that when that critical moment comes, we're able to just strengthen ourselves in the Lord just like that. What does strengthen ourselves in the Lord mean? The word strengthen in Hebrew uh, is weyit hazek. Weyit hazek means become strong, to be bold, to grip strongly, and to be encouraged. Amen. I'm going to say that, man. One more time. Wazit Hazek. You know, to become strong, to become bold, to grip strongly, and to be encouraged. So when I saw this, I was taken, uh, just, just blown away because when David strengthened, in other words, I suddenly imagined this. Previously, I thought, you know, he ran away to his tent, he sought the Lord there, maybe played some worship songs, you know, cried a few tears. No, no, no. He said he cried until he couldn't cry. And when the people talk about stoning him, he gripped, he, he, he strengthened his grip in the Lord. I pray that we will do that. Amen. Whatever is happening around us, I pray that even though we're surrounded by a lot of bad news, we will not lose hope. Instead, we will, we will use this bad news as another indicator that we need to double down. We need to strengthen our grip. We need to grip tighter God. So that's what happened when people talked about stoning him, David gripped tighter to God. He strengthened himself. He didn't just encourage himself, even though that is one definition, but he also gripped, you know. So it's like, like a small kid, you know, that is walking with their dad. And sometimes they see something scary. You know, the small kid will immediately grab hold to the dad's hand even tighter, you know, grab hold to the father. And that's what David did. David, he, he saw you no know, death all around him. He saw fire burning, lost people. His men were certainly him thinking about, we're going to get you. It was all your fault. And then he didn't curse God. He didn't give up. He didn't shift the blade. He gripped. In that moment, he 
tightened. He doubled down. And he said, no, God is still God. There must be a plan for this. So I'm going to inquire of the Lord. You see how quick he, he, he moved? And so if you can master strengthening yourself in the Lord, you know, you will not be paralyzed by panic. Instead, you will be able to, to tighten your grip and go like, you know what, there's a lot of messed up stuff, but you know what? God is still in control. God, what should I do? Let me know. Mobilize me to action. That's what he did. And I want us to be able to be like that. You know, to be able to go like, you know what? I don't know what people are panicking about or maybe people are panicking for very valid reasons, but I'm going to double down. I'm going to grip. I'm not going to give in to panic. Instead, I'm going to say, who can I help? Who can I pray for? Who can I encourage in times like this? You know, what can I do as a child of God to help other people in times like this? But to do that, you know, we got to be like Jesus. You know, Jesus, like I said earlier on, you know, he many times, oftentimes, withdrew uh, to the lonely places to pray. Luke 5, 16. And so I've got three points for you. I believe that David's ability to strengthen himself came out of consistent habit. And this is a habit that is mirrored in Christ. And so Jesus also constantly, right? He did miracles, he taught, he, 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 he was God, and yet he went away to pray, went away to pray, went away to pray. And so there are three things I want us to do. And, and, and in this time of self-isolation, I pray that we will do it too. Point number one is this. we got to make a habit out of getting away and getting alone with God. Point number one, get away and get alone with God. Jesus did it. If Jesus did it, what makes us think that we don't need to do it? You know, I want us to learn to get away. Get away. Amen. Jesus went away. I can only imagine that David went away. Maybe there was nobody around when he was tending his few sheep. So he's, he's grown to love his away time with God. Many times we, we love getaways. We love, you know, a holiday. But what about getting away with God? You know, what am I getting away? Maybe we're going to learn to make a habit. And right now, I pray that this will be a good time to start. Let's learn to make a habit out of unplugging and disconnecting, maybe at least for some time during the day, let's turn on the airplane mode so that we can soar higher with God. Amen. Let's turn on the airplane mode of our plane, of our phones, not planes. If you have a plane, turn it off. Uh, you know, our phones, our iPads, our television, all that is connecting us to the World Wide Web, connecting us to social media. We're going to learn, church, to get away from all that. You know, sometimes the more chat groups we're in, the more fearful we get, especially times like this where people are just forwarding, 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 more people are dying, more people are doing this, and that's not helping. That's 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 unfruitful. So we've got to learn to get away from that. And maybe this is a word for you. If you have way too many chats, you've got to learn to mute those chats. You've got to learn to maybe leave those chats. Maybe you've got to learn to just, this, don't just remove the alerts from those chats. Maybe don't feed yourself news articles. You know, maybe just read one proper news. Read the Prime Minister's briefing once a day. And that's it. Don't go to the Daily Mail. Go to the Daily Word. Amen. Don't go to the Daily Mirror. Use the Word of God as your mirror. Don't go to all these other words. Stay off Facebook. Stay off Instagram. You know, they're not going to make you happier. They're only going to make you more sad. You know, so get away. And not just get away, but get alone. Get alone. 
You know, I, I, I get asked this question a lot. You know, people say, oh, you know, pastors, you know, uh, uh, can couples do devotions together? And I'm like, not against couples doing together. And then they will say that, you know, do you and Kat do devotion together? I'll tell them, no, no. Not because we don't like the idea of doing devotionals together, but I prefer to do my devotions alone. You know, and she does it alone. I do it alone. I do it in my own place alone. And she does it in her own time, in her own place alone. Because there is intimacy when you're alone. You know, when we're with someone, you know, it's good to be with someone. But when you're alone with God, man, the peace that comes in, the vulnerability that comes in. No, you might be thinking, but no, I don't have a house with many rooms. I just have one room and, and you know, I'm married and, and, and we only have one room, you know. Maybe use the toilet. You know, I know when I was growing up, uh, at a time I was the only Christian in my family. And my family is persecuting me all the time for various issues, you know, sometimes warranted, sometimes unwarranted. But the toilet, the toilet, I know it's, you might think, oh, the toilet's smelly, but I don't know, for me, it was the only place I could go that had a lock. And sometimes I was going there just to cry. I would go in there and, and, and I'm not saying they go to the toilet to cry, but, but after a while, you know, it, when I shower, it was no longer just me singing. Whatever shower became times where I, I, I used my shower to, to pray to God. I used my shower to reflect on, on, on my life with God. I used shower time to, to even just praise God. And so, so find ways to be alone. Amen. Get away from the noise. David got away from the noise. And when can go and get yourself alone with God. You know, when you're alone with God, that's where we can really be vulnerable. That's where we can really cry. That's where we can really be ourselves, isn't it? That's where you can really just, you know, say, God, here I am. And so David was able to strengthen himself in the moment, grip it because I believe, just like Jesus, he had many, many years. In fact, he's got a habit of going away. If Jesus had a habit of going away and going alone with God, what more us? Point number two, now that you're alone with God, bring your presence, sorry, bring your pain to his presence. I'm going to say it one more time, right? Get away and get alone. Then bring your pain to his presence. Bring your pain to his presence. You know, this was... You know, it reflected in so many psalms. Why do you think all the psalms written by David constantly wrote, my enemies are surrounding me. You know, they are, they are laughing at me. They are mocking me. He brought his pain to the presence of God. You know, this is reflected again in, in the life of Jesus. In, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, Matthew 26, 39, when Jesus was in the garden of Gethsemane, what did he do? He fell on his face and he prayed and said that, my father, if it is possible, take this cup away from me. What was that? He brought his pain. It wasn't that Jesus didn't love us to go to the cross, but it was pain painful it was scary and jesus was having his alone time and when you're alone you can be vulnerable when you're alone you can be yourself and part of being ourselves is to bring our pain to the presence of god many times we bring our pain to facebook we bring our pain 
to our friends. And maybe some likes and some clicks and some encouragement from your friends can make you feel better. But only when you bring your pain to the presence of God can the problem be solved. I'm going to say that one more time. Only when you bring your pain to the presence of God can the problem be solved. And God wants you to solve the problem. When you finish reading, you know, 1 Samuel, it says that at the end of the day, problem solved. God says, go, I will be with you. You will surely reclaim everything back. And that's what we need to do. Are you living with fear in this time? Would you make, start a new habit? Yeah, start a new habit. Use this lockdown as a way to start a new habit. Let this lockdown be a, a new start of greater intimacy with Jesus. And bring your pain, whatever that pain is, whether it's your fear of the future, whether it's your fear, whether it's your anxiety of the current events. You know, like I mentioned last week, you know, God uses all these things to reveal. Now that we've revealed some of these things, we've got to repent from it. The power of repenting is bringing it to the presence of God. Get away. Get alone. Bring your pain. David brought his pain. He cried until he could not cry. He brought his pain. And you see this reflected in his life consistently. Even when he did mess up in the future and he had an adultery. And when God says that I'm going to punish you, this, this child of this adultery, I, 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 I reject it. It will not live. Hey, David fasted and prayed for the child that God would change his mind. And he brought his pain, even though he was in the wrong. He wasn't so ashamed that he couldn't bring his pain. And so I don't know where you are at right now. Maybe you're thinking that my, my relationship with God hasn't been the greatest. Don't run away anymore. Keep bringing your pain to the presence of God. Amen. That's what David did. That's what Jesus did. And that's the key to being able to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Amen. Because David has had a consistent history of bringing his pain to the presence of God, and maybe he's consistently heard. You read all the Psalms, every time he ends well. Oh no, the enemies surround me, but Lord, who is like you? God, you're going to deliver me. And maybe he's, he's had enough experience to know that every time I bring my pain to the presence of God, God reassures me that He is with me. God reassures me that this, this storm shall pass. And so maybe we're going to learn to make a habit out of that. Point number three. Point number three. Amen. Point number three is this. You're going to wait for the will of God. Get away, get alone with God, bring your pain to his presence, then wait for the will of God. Many of us as Christians, we have this unhealthy habit where we only complain to God. We only bring our pain to God, but, but God's role in our lives is not just to be a listening ear. He's not just there to be, I don't know, you know, Aunt Agony or whatever it is that, that you know, a newsletter column that people write in and complain about their problems. God's not just there to listen. God's not just a listening ear. When he listens, after you finish speaking, he responds. The question is, have we been waiting? 
have we been waiting on the Lord? And I pray that we will use this time of social isolation where we have no place, no nothing important to rush to. You know, those of you here to work from home, keep working. God be with you. God bless you. But maybe we got to learn to wait. Wait. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. We got to learn to wait. Wait upon the Lord. You know, when was the last time you waited? You know, we were good with complaining. You know, we're good with, with, with crying out maybe. But maybe we're not good. Maybe this is the one area that God wants to work on. We just learn to wait on the Lord. Even though David, every minute counted, right? You know, and, and, and in the event, I mean, I've not experienced this, but I've watched films, I've read articles about, you know, kidnapping. And they say when a kidnap happens, you know, every minute after that counts, you know, uh, every minute you capitalize helps in you getting back, you know, the person that you lost. And so I can only imagine David must be thinking, man, my, my men are angry, my men are sad, my men want to kill me. And, 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 and how, how, how? And he must be thinking, man, every minute mattered and yet he still waited on the Lord. He didn't rush out. Waiting on the Lord also means this, wait until God has spoken. Wait until God has spoken. For some of us, it is something that we got to, we got to learn to get used to because maybe we're not the most patient. But maybe this is a word for you. In this time, would you learn to spend some time not just reading God's word, not just praying, but after praying, just allow some moment of silence between you and God. Wait patiently. Wait humbly. Wait and let the silence sink in. And then in the silence, God will whisper his will. And, and this was, you know, what David did. You know, he says that after that, he says, give me, you know, bring the effort to me. And the effort or the effort uh, was in an Old Testament way. One of the ways to inquire of the Lord, you know, where they threw kind of like two talismans on the floor and, and they would, God would speak through that. And of course, after the temple was built, that was no longer in practice. So, so this was probably the last time it was used because after that, you know, Solomon built his temple and all that. And But he inquired. doesn't change the fact that he didn't rush out. I mean, don't get me wrong. David, wars are, are nothing to him. He knows how to fight. He knows how to track. He's a warrior. He's a strategist. You know, he's, he, 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 he knows and, and, and so, don't ever think that, oh, easy for David. No, 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 it was hard. Because can you imagine the experience that he had to push away? And maybe that's what we need to learn to do. To wait on the Lord also includes to push away our own wisdom and to push away our own experiences of what ought to have happened and what we ought to do now. David, a man of war, a warrior, he knows how to track, he knows how to chase down people, he knows how to fight, he knows how to kill. He probably doesn't know what. I don't, no, 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 no. Come on, experience. You take a second seat right now. The first seat must go to God. And don't just wait. Wait for the will of God. Wait for the word of the Lord. Amen. Wait for the will of God. Wait for the word of the Lord. It says here, and then only when God says, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, in verse 8, and recover all without fail, then David went. David didn't go because his spirits told him to. He go because he waited on the Lord. 
Part of waiting on the Lord also means that we begin to surrender to God's will. And again, this is reflected in Jesus' life. It says here, Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, what I read earlier, right? But I didn't read finish. It says this, he fell on his face. He prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. But let your will be done. Jesus, the son of David, exemplified this. He didn't just go like, okay, I'm God. I know what to do. God, I'm scared. God, I don't want to be separated from you. God, I know this is what I need to do. But God, can he let it pass? Because I don't want to be separated. But Lord, at the end of the day, your will, not my will. So if Jesus, if Jesus could role model out surrender, it's role model out for us to see his believers. What areas right now? Could it be that God is asking you to surrender to his peace? Maybe right now what's happening is there's a war between what you know, what you're watching, what you're listening, what you're reading. But would you learn to wait and let God speak in that silence? And when God speaks, peace, peace comes. Peace comes. Amen. His will comes. And not only will you scramble off to do something, you're not just doing something, you're doing God's thing. Amen. Amen. So I really believe that strengthening ourselves, gripping tighter, is a combination of all this. Because David had consistently got away and got alone with God, he had consistently brought his pain to God's presence. And he has consistently waited for the will of God. He knows that when disaster strikes, he can double down on God's goodness. And that's what he did. He strengthened himself. He became emboldened. Can you imagine that? When bad news come, you don't get affected by the bad news. Instead, you strengthen yourself. You become courageous in Christ. And you begin to look at all the problems through the lens of Christ. That's what every good Christian should do. When we see bad news, we don't just go, oh no, but we should go like, you know what? I double down. God is good. You know, God doesn't just let things happen like that. In fact, this quote that I like, these two quotes that I like comes from a, uh, someone that you don't necessarily think about God. But come, Albert Einstein says this, God doesn't play dice with the universe, which means that nothing is, is happening for no reason. In fact, he has another saying that goes this, uh, coincidences are God's way of staying anonymous. And so what is this telling us? You know, bad news, whatever is happening right now, this is not a coincidence. Even if you think it's a coincidence, it's God's way of staying anonymous because God doesn't play dice with the universe. God doesn't play dice with your life. And then God is speaking to us and saying that, would my church arise? What if this is the revival that God is speaking of? when more churches are, are streaming their services online and the gospel is being preached around the world now more than ever through the help of the internet and also because more people are on the internet now more than ever. More people on Zoom calls more than ever. And maybe this is what God is wanting to create, that the church will use the technology for His glory. 
that we will use this to reach out to more people, that we will use this, you know, and, 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 and begin to interpret all that's happening through our strengthening in the Lord, through the lens of the finished work on the cross and begin to see, you know what? A lot of people are dying. It's really sad. But God, help me right now. Who can I preach to? Who can I pray for? Maybe I, I, maybe I need to get on my knees and start praying and standing in the gap for some of these people. I don't know that, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to pray for the salvation of their souls. But that's not, today's teaching is not just about the pandemic. It's also about our lives. Maybe you have an area in your life that is causing you much panic, much fear, much distress causing you anxiety, leading you to depression, leading you to addiction. Friends, God wants to set you free. But you got to get away. No matter how stuck you feel, get away from that problem. Get away from that noise and get alone with God. And then when you're alone with God, get real with Him. Bring your pain to His presence. Really, bring your pain. Say, God, this area, God, this weakness I have. And then bring it to His presence. And in his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's freedom. And then after you say all that you say, cry all that you cry, wait. Wait for God to speak. Wait for his word. Wait for his will. And when he speaks, friend, I pray that you would obey. Obey. Amen. And when you do that, that's strengthening yourself in the Lord. Yeah, I will pray for us. I don't know what you're going through, but I can imagine you're going through a lot. I want to pray for you. Lord, I will pray right now for everyone that's watching. God, we ask, Lord, for your peace to just come over every family, for your peace to come over every viewer. Whatever they're going through right now, whether it's a job problem, a family problem, or just a problem with the lockdown or a problem with the pandemic right now, God. Teach us in this time not just to watch more YouTube and watch more Instagram and just do more, you know, whatever exercise at home, but also, Lord, help us to get away and get alone with you. And to bring our pain to your presence. I pray right now for everyone that suffers and have so much. Maybe some of this pain, you've been living with it for a very long time. It could be the pain of abuse. It could be the pain of neglect. It could be the pain from a previous relationship. It could be a pain from your childhood. It could be a pain that is eating you up and you can't explain it. It could be an issue with your flesh. Bring it to his presence. Bring it to his presence. Tell God about it. Cry out to God about it. Cry out until you cannot cry out. And then wait. Allow that silence to minister. Allow that silence to heal. And in that silence, I believe that God will speak. He'll speak through his word. And you'll speak concerning his will for your life. I declare that God reveal his will over your life in such a time. And Lord, reveal your will for us in such a time, Lord. Who can we pray for? 
Who can we reach out to? Who can we bless? How can we love our neighbors? How can we be brave still in times like this so that your name is glorified? Help us not to love life so much that we're afraid to step out for you. Help us, Lord, to glorify you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.